This very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore has been brought to you by listeners just like you. Our generous PayPal and Patreon supporters from all across the globe make extra content like this possible. Your loyalty, dedication, and generosity are welcome and appreciated greatly. Thank you all for doing your part to move the conversation forward. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome to the show, this very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, as always. Sitting across from me also, as always, the lovely and talented Brittany Page. Here I am. Here we are. Mm-hmm. I say very special because it actually is, we do a lot of bonus content yeah. on the show. What is a little different about this is we have a relative stranger <laughs> in our midst in studio right now. I would like the audience to get to know someone we didn't meet at the Donald Trump rally. However, we did witness an interaction between he and another gentleman. I took his picture, too. You did. Yeah. And that is on the Facebook page. Yes. And we also have a video, which probably maybe unbeknownst to you, Nestor, is on YouTube. But without further ado, let's introduce Nestor, who is the 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 most unique of all unicorns he is gay he is a person of color and he's a goddamn donald trump supporter yeah nestor thank you for being here here i am thanks guys for having me yeah so uh i guess let me ask the question that my entire global audience is wondering right now what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I became involved in the uh, Republican Party straight out of high school um, because I I wanted to analyze both parties first. And my dad was a staunch Democrat. He voted for John Kerry. And I recently stumbled upon a couple things that I did in elementary school where I actually supported John Kerry in like in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I evaluated both parties after high school um, during Mitt Romney's election. And I'm like, you know what? I agree more with the Republican Party than I do with the Democratic Party. Sure. Um, I feel like the... Even to this day, the Republican Party is more of a big tent party. And I feel like we can't say the same thing anymore about Dem- the Democratic Party. Um, and I feel like I'm more at home in the in the Republican. Sure. So, um, like I said before the mics went hot, we talk about moving the conversation forward a lot on the show. And I want to be respectful and I expect my audience to also be respectful. We did have some some questions that were submitted to Brittany from um, members of our audience that are LGBT and that community. I use the uh, air quotes here. <laughs> and so we'll get to those. Uh, I did want to say that you are, you're not just like loosely affiliated with the conservative movement or the Republican Party. You're the vice president of the Log Cabin Republicans here in Orange County, which yes. for those of you who don't know, the Log Cabin Republicans are, uh, it's a gay Republican group. Yes, 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 yes. And you're also the president of the Long Beach Young Republicans. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the I'm pretty sure I'm the youngest member in the Lock Cabin Republicans. Mm-hmm. So I'm only 21. Um, 
and then uh, in the Young Republicans, we just recently restarted that chapter, and we're just looking to um, rebrand the area and the party yeah. because uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Well, there's it's definitely a transitional period, uh, I think, brought on by Donald Trump, but a transitional period for the Republican Party. I believe it's a it's we're witnessing the death of the Republican Party. We'll 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 definitely get to that. But before we do, what I want to ask you about mainly, because I want the audience to get to know you. It's kind of hard to demonize and hate and get angry and pissed off at someone if you know a little bit about them. Right, right. And before I fly off the handle and maybe start <laughs> hating on you, uh, let's tell me a little bit more about you. you. Did you grow up here in Orange County? You said you're 21. What, what's your what's your backstory? So I grew- make me love you, Nestor. <laughs> so I make grew- me love you. I grew up um, in Southgate. I don't know if you guys know where that is. It's close to Downey. Um, I Which is more toward Los LA Angeles, County, yeah. yeah, closer well, to. We our audience just is a uh, global, so uh, we, there's a lot of people from Scandinavia who are okay. listening, and yeah. So it's a closer to L- downtown Los Angeles, sort of uh, southeast LA County, and I grew up with three other sisters, um, my mom and dad. My parents got divorced at a pretty young age. I was about twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, so at a very young age, I already knew that I pretty much had to kind of fend for myself. Sure. After they got a divorce, um, I came out my freshman year in high school. That was specifically one of the questions. <laughs> so l- You came out to your parents then? So I didn't really come out. I I it was more of they found out. Okay. Um my mom How did they found find out, out through a text that they looked through my phone, they checked my phone. So mm-hmm. my mom was pretty suspicious. Uh my mom's very conservative, very yeah. religiously conservative. Um so she did not take it well at all to this day. She's still not taking it well. Yeah. Um my dad's a little bit more like kind of like Donald Trump who doesn't really care about the issue. Um, so he's a little bit more accepting. And then I um, I just, you know what, I came out and I'm like, you know what, I just got to, I can't really hide it anymore. I just rolled with it. And um, so it's about seven years now that I've, that I've came out. And how, how, um, how old were you when you, when you kind of came into knowing you were, you were gay? So I, I, I kind of had an idea that something was going on or something was up. Probably when I was around seven, uh, so I was in uh, karate for about seven years. And I'm oh, like, that well, that does it. <laughs> karate that that turns people gay. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I'm a black belt in uh, karate kung fu. And so I, you mean you're extra gay? <laughs> Blackboard. That's what that means, Brittany. That's, I, it's I, don't, I don't this think is so. All <laughs> Chuck Norris. I hadn't super heard gay. that before. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Um, so I figured something was up probably around seven, eight years old. And I was just like, you know what? I, I think I'm a little different. And um, I didn't really tell anyone at all until my mom found out. Um, my sisters probably knew something was going on because they would uh, throw me hints or something. They would say, oh, I think you might be gay. And, you know, I'd just go cry in the bathroom because I didn't know what that was. Like not even in a teasing way, but no. kind of an informative way. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know what that was. Because I called my brother gay all the time growing <laughs> yeah. up, but that's just brothers being assholes to right, each other. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I think they knew it. They knew it. And they uh, just told me. And I'm like, you know what? I guess I got to I gotta roll with it. And then um, high school came around and I started um, really I figuring out who I was. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's when it all came into full bloom. And I was like, well, let's let's do this. And ever since then, I've not hid who I am anymore. But I also don't flaunt it on on my sleeve either. Mm-hmm. Well, it's which is it's the same with being a heterosexual, right? I'm I don't flaunt the fact that I'm straight, but I'm I'm fucking straight. So there's no 
if someone looks at me and go, look at that fucking straight guy holding hands with that woman. He's flaunting. He's throwing it right in my face that he's straight. It, I don't look at it as, as flaunting. I mean, I don't have any clothing that says straight and, you know, it's, so it's. So so what I mean by flaunting is, I guess, the uh, the what I would call is the initial stage of coming out. So when I first came out, I uh, was a little bit more feminine. I um, straightened my hair. I had red pants, things like that. Um, not necessarily that those are negative attributes, um, but they kind of show who you are, kind of give people a signal. Jesse, uh, stop wearing those red pants. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean really putting it on display right, as right. you wanted everybody to know right. you're making a statement right. that I'm... I'm loud, I'm proud, I'm here, yeah. I'm queer, get used to it kind of a thing. Yeah, now it's like, I I mean, that's fine if people want to do that, but uh, me personally, I was like, no, I don't really. Well, it's the same with like atheists who wear, and we're both atheists here, uh, atheists who wear, constantly wear, I'm an atheist, or t-shirts that are uh, aggressive anti-Christian. Right. Right. You know, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You, they, it's part of their identity, mm-hmm. so they really want to show it off i guess so what was your experience like in high school did you experience bullying what was that process like so i i didn't really experience any bullying in high school it was probably more into middle school mm-hmm. um you know growing up in a hispanic uh area there's a lot of the uh macho attitude mm-hmm. sure yeah and you know they call you names and stuff if you act a certain way um so i did get some of that as a as a middle schooler but it wasn't really that um I guess heavy. I I tried to hide it, but really in high school, people were pretty accepting. Mm-hmm. I um, one of the benefits maybe of growing up in Southern California in a modern time. Uh, I would think so. It's also too, like I said, I didn't really um, wear like gay, I guess, clothing, etc. So you didn't wear your karate uh, outfit, right? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Right. Um, I ran hey, for. I'm really proud of myself, right? I now. know you are. <laughs> I ran for uh, Homecoming King my senior year. Yeah? I didn't win, but I mean, the other guy who won, they booed him once the results came came out. Really? Yeah. So oh, that's, you know, that's good. So people, I mean, people were pretty supportive, and they used to call me, like, that I was one of the cooler gay guys. Um, so, so would you, would it be a safe assessment um, to say that you haven't really experienced a ton of, of adversity in your... Um, in my life, I wouldn't say that. I mean, b- strictly based on the gay oh. thing. Um, yes and no. Yeah. Yes, because, um, I mean, I guess people would call me privileged. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I said, my, my parents were married for a good part of my childhood. Um, uh, my mom has a small business that I work at. So I guess so, but I wouldn't think so either. Cause I, I think there is a lot of, um, stigma in the gay community regarding uh republicans no 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 no. i'm not i'm not even there yet i'm just talking about the how you've been received by society as a gay man i haven't got i mean i haven't got it's been pretty pretty okay it's pretty accepting i mean i've had one one little minor incident um back when i was what like 16 maybe was this during Uh, the the red pants period that was after (laughs) after the red pants that was after so i i I stopped my red pants period after I moved in um, with my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, you know, let's let's try to change a couple things here. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, right. I actually I actually had my um, they wouldn't call it an exorcism, but I would. Um, 
my dad had a Christian neighbor, and uh, she was a very devout Christian. And she came over one day saying, oh, I'm going to bless the house. I'm going to bless the house. And my dad's like, yeah, she's just going to bless the house. Relax. Everything's going to be okay. So I'm like, oh, all right, cool. You know, I'm just hanging out. Goddamn. Uh, I'm nervous. IPod. Yeah, me too. I'm very Actually, nervous. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an informative story. And she comes <laughs> in, starts blessing the house. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then she starts speaking in, in quote unquote yeah. tongue. This is this is the kind of Christian I grew up. Yeah, yeah and she's that like, shit. and and she's like, you know what? She puts her hand on me. And she's like, yeah. God, let him see, let him see the light, let him like women again, make him the way you are. And I'm like, wow. And then, so God likes women. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't Got know. A stable of bitches. So that's one. <laughs> oh dear. And then recently, um, my uh, my mom, you can say, tried the same thing, not directly, indirectly. Um, she, so I, um, I have HIV and I came out, uh, I didn't really come out to her. I, she kind of found out again, uh, about two years ago mm-hmm. and she brought over her friend. Was she looking through your phone again? <laughs> she, her and Brittany Page have a lot in common. No, that is not true. Oh my. That is not true. Oh my. And then she, she brought a, uh, she brought her friend and, uh, She's like that's air quotes by the way, yes. friend. And she's like telling me, "Oh, this is my friend. Um, you know, I want you to talk to him." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I'm very, I'm a very open person, open to hearing people out." But anyway, he starts talking about how God here um, cured him from AIDS and things like that, and that I yeah. should receive the receive the grace and the peace of God. And I'm like, "This is just, this is just, I don't, this is just of another of another world." Um, and at the end he asks me, did, did you feel the, the peace of God? Did you feel the chills when I was talking to you? And I told him (laughs) straight with a straight face. I'm like, look, honestly, no, because I, I don't believe anything you're saying. Yeah. I feel like you are the type of people that are killing people with HIV. Yes. Um, because one of my, my friends, friends had, um, HIV and he died of AIDS because Mm -hmm. he felt like the stigma from the religious community is pretty oppressive. It's very oppressive. And I'm just like, well, no thanks. And um, that that so I guess you can say that's the stigma I've had to encounter. Sure. But I feel like I really now as an adult, I don't see it as stigma anymore. Um, I just see it more as a way to grow as a person and a way to um, kind of just incorporate that into my life. You're kind of you're making the best of right. the situation. Right. So. Uh, last thing, and then we'll get into how wrong you are about Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what, where are you uh, relative to religion? Since we've kind of touched on that, I kind of would say that I'm pretty agnostic. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I'm kind of in the middle of agnostic and atheist almost. Because um, I grew up very Catholic, I did my baptism, my first communion. I was going to do confirmation, but I dropped out. Um, and I just religion just basically not a part of your life, right? I used to go to church every Sunday. I was I used to not miss, but then I kind of had a, a spiritual awakening. I'm like, no thanks, it's not it's not working out for me. And um, I I I want to say I believe in a higher power, but I kind of don't know. So sure. yeah, no fair, no totally fair. Yeah. yeah, on our show, on this program, Nestor. We we don't define atheist as someone who knows there's not a god. Okay. For me, I'm an atheist. I proclaim athe- proudly atheist. For me, it's given all the evidence that's out there. Right. I can't make a determination that there is a god. So until I get new evidence, 
I'm just going to believe there's not. So to me, that's what an atheist is. I think that's probably what you would call an agnostic. I just don't know. I mean, I I, I kind of would define it that way too, because um, that's where I'm at. I mm-hmm. I feel like we've had all this evidence, and like I said, I grew up very Catholic, and they propose they say that their doctrine is the right, right, and the right. truth, et cetera, et cetera. Of course. So I'm like, I don't even know if that's true. So um, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty like in the middle of it. All right. Well, should we get to the questions that were posed or should we kind of let's address the the gay Donald Trump thing right okay. away? How All about right. we do that? Yeah. Here's a clip um, with Donald Trump sitting with Sean Hannity. It's very brief. And let's just we'll play it and we'll have you react. Okay. You mentioned recently that you're a Christian, that you go to church. How, how important is your faith to Donald Trump? Very important. I'm a Protestant. I'm a Presbyterian. Uh, very important. I'm a believer. I'm also, you know, busy and probably busier than I should be. But uh, I am a Christian. I'm Protestant. I'm Presbyterian. Uh, pro-life. I'm pro-life. Gay marriage. Where do you stand? Uh, I'm against gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not easy to do in New York, but I'm against. So do, are you against gay marriage? I might get a lot of I might get a lot of heat for this. But, you know, I I feel like whoever in the gay movement started to uh, decide for the gay community as a whole saying, oh, we have to fight for gay marriage and that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. And you know what? It's here. Gay marriage is here. It is, yeah. But what has that done to lift the millions of people up that are living in poverty that are mostly LGBT? Well, I don't think it's it's necessarily an economic thing. However, uh, it is it is fact that when people are married... There, you, it is a higher propensity of being out of poverty because you have a two-income family, but I don't think that it was necessarily a a a way to to deal with poverty. It's just a general Fourteenth Amendment equal protection under the Constitution thing, and it's not that you have to get married now. It's that you have the the freedom to do so, just like everyone else. I think that's. I mean, it, it's a good thing. Um... I mean, I, I'm obviously for gay marriage, but I feel like the way that it happened, it it wasn't the right way. Um, the I mean, the Supreme Court over, I mean, ruled the way they did, and I didn't necessarily agree with that because I felt like it's more of a state by state approach. It's better you change people's minds that way. Yeah, um, for sure, that is better. But, but that's I, not the world in which we live. But I, had I, we waited for the Tenth Amendment to take place during the civil rights and for racial equality, fuck, we might be still sitting on our hands right now, <laughs> waiting on Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and Florida and Tennessee and no, Kentucky yeah. and North Carolina. Yeah. So, I'm just going I, I, along that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. I probably would have a different view on this if the. Uh, District court judge, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, back a couple years ago, when they overturned, when they uh, they did it in the state, I think it, his he was a gay judge that um, overturned this because I was looking into it a couple years ago, and that's what brought it over to the Supreme Court, and that's why I say it, it, it was never a, a a fight that I signed up for because to this day I'm not married. I'm in a committed relationship, but I'm not married. Yeah, but that's you. It, but the reason that it is important is not be- whether you think it's important. It's what about your gay brothers and sisters who who want to get married and are precluded from doing so based on the law? Our Constitution is predicated on equal justice right. under the law. No, yeah. 
but I feel like there's the the government has uh, in no way, shape, or form the right to define even what a marriage is. Uh, well, I'm I'm with you there. I think the mar- the government should be out of the marriage business. Right. I, I believe, and I don't want to speak for Brittany, but I believe she does too. That even polygamy should it's none of the government's fucking right. business. Right. Get out of it. Yeah. I don't know why they. I don't know why even gay marriage became like uh, an issue. And I feel. N- I mean, people might disagree with with me, but I mean, I tell my, my my I tell my I tell my boyfriend, and I'm like, hey, like we don't really want to get married, um, not because we're not committed, but I feel like there are other ways around it in the state of California. Sure, but there's not in Mississippi. There's not in Georgia. You live in a super gay friendly area. Well, and even talking about the ideal situation being that the government is out of marriage. Well, the reality is that they are in the marriage business. So as long as they're in the marriage business, yeah, that's a good point. Shouldn't there be equality? I mean, as long as they're in the marriage business, because it's sending a message to the LGBT community that they're lesser if they don't have those rights. Right. So, uh, yes, sorry. I was ready so quick to move on. (laughs) So, so really, the gay marriage uh, thing and Donald Trump's... I'm against gay marriage. His stance, your, your support of him isn't predicated on that particular issue. Right. Or, I, and it's not dissuaded uh, no. by his stance, no, no, his no. incorrect stance on that issue. I, I uh, feel there's more... We're, as human beings, we're more than just men, women, straight, gay, black, et cetera, et cetera. And I um, wouldn't... So I wouldn't... Um, changed my position on Donald Trump because he has there was an there was a clip on Instagram uh, I think it was back in 2000 when Rudy Giuliani dressed as a drag queen uh, I think it was on SNL oh right yeah and he came out all funny I think he games. dressed as Janet Reno or I think something. so yeah. I think so and uh, Donald Trump just came in started messing around with him and you know he's always been uh, open to it and I mean if they don't support gay marriage that's that's fine so what. How early on did you start supporting the Trump candidacy? Probably. He was always my number two. He was always either my number two or number three. My first choice was Chris Christie. Um, but I th- once Chris Christie endorsed him, I believe it was in February. I was like, "Yep, um, I let's let's get on the Trump train." And so, relatively recently, right. huh? And you were Chris Christie before that, right? So it sounds like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you have. A, you have a penchant or a, you lean toward kind of an authoritarian figure at the top in the executive branch of our government because both of these guys yeah. are, are kind of yeah. authoritarian. Chris Christie wants to enforce federal restriction on the legalization of marijuana. Yeah. I mean, that's that's another thing. The government shouldn't fucking be in the business. No, I agree. Of. I agree. Um, so how do you reconcile that? I want to get inside that that head of yours. So I I supported Chris Christie because he's a very moderate guy, um, just like Donald Trump. Donald Trump would be classified um, by my standards as a liberal Republican, uh, a Rockefeller Republican. I'm against gay marriage. I, <laughs> it's also hard to know where he stands because he's been all over the place, yeah. right? I'm being a dick by playing no, yeah, that. Yeah. But <laughs> I I know that. Um, so Donald Trump and Chris Christie had a lot in common. They come from the same region of the country. Yeah, sure. Both mm-hmm. very moderate men. Um, they're right in the middle. I, I'm not either far right or far left. I'm right smack in the middle. And both of them represent an extension of who I am. Uh, if I would were, run, were to run for office, I'd probably be similar to them. 
So before we completely yeah, move on, I want to ask the question since it was related to kind of the marriage equality question. We mm-hmm. got a question for you. So in what ways do you think Trump will advance advocacy through policy or funding for the LGBT rights and health concerns? So I, I don't necessarily know if he'll do anything policy or funding wise. I do think he's already um, starting to change the tide by um, accepting or allowing transgendered people um, to use whatever restroom they want. For example, he even called the North Carolina law like horrible. He wouldn't do it. He said it was a strong action. And Um, then the next day, 24 hours later, and I could pause here. We could find the clip. um, 24 hours later, he said that he would support that and that he supports the state's right to do that. And only an hour ago, yeah. the the Obama a Justice de- uh, Department came out and said that it's a violation of federal civil rights yeah. policy. In regards to that law, I, I was talking to friends of mine, and I'm like, you know what? If I was the governor, it was never an issue in the first place. Um, it was just brought up by some legislature or something. I think that it's it's um, but it was never an issue to begin with. It's kind of when you chop a chicken's head off and it still runs around. This is the last thrashing death knell of the the gay marriage ruling on June twenty oh, sixth yeah. of last year that mm-hmm. they're trying to push back in every single way they can with people like Kim Davis and Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, th- so it's only going to get a little worse before it gets better. No, yeah, I agree, and I agree. that is what this is a product of, but. It's still we face this. And when you have someone, Donald Trump or any other Republican, save maybe Kasich, and now he's gone after just about an hour ago. um, When you have a candidate who doesn't come out and strongly stand for, because listen, I'm I'm standing here. You keep looking above my head. Mm -hmm. That's Ronald Reagan. I I am not. I, I think the audience knows I have never voted for a Democrat. I've never done it. So... I am, you know, I I think I'm more of a centrist, but for my entire life, I've been a conservative. For much of my life, I was a Republican. And when you have Americans who are being held down and they're being oppressed and they're being discriminated against en masse by systemic problems that that are controlled by state governments, it is the role of the federal government to step in. And when you have a leading candidate like Donald Trump or any of the others who don't loudly proclaim that is wrong, we need to stand up for the protection of the minority. That that is what the Constitution is there for. No, yeah, I, I I can agree with some segments of your of your of your argument, but I feel like the the Republican Party is a conservative party, mm-hmm. but like I said that, that before, there's there's so many wings of it. And I feel like Donald Trump is the candidate that resembles like the 1920s, where um, he's a Northeastern country club Republican. He doesn't really care much for social issues. Um, He doesn't really go into them. Um, I mean, remember, we have to remember he's a businessman. I mean, if if I was in business like him, I really wouldn't want to wait, want to dive into social issues. Um, I think that's why he doesn't speak loudly about it. Um, so is it, is it just it's less of concern for you, right. the social issues? And that's where we would separate. We would part ways there because I believe the social issues are the most important. Mm-hmm. I believe if you take care of 
what, what I use the phrase the least among us, and I don't mean that you're lesser than me, but you're in a unprotected group. You can't you can't not hire me for a job. You can't fire me from a job because I'm an atheist. You can fire someone, not in California, but in many, many other, I think 38 other states in the, in, out of the 50, you can be fired because you're gay. Because you're gay. And and that's, see, I, I know that you said the uh, federal government should step in, but I think that this is where um, the bread and butter work is done. I, I feel like the minds of people need to be changed. The federal government can step in, do whatever they want, but they will not change the minds of people that already oppose us. For example, the Supreme Court ruling didn't change my mom's opinion that she had on... Well, it's, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, no, I know, but it, the millions of people that still hold these beliefs, they're actually going to double down um, on actions like the Supreme Court did. They're not going to be like, hey, let's talk to him and see how he's doing. Well, that seems like it would be make it even more important for people like Donald Trump to raise their voices and get involved in these issues. So I wouldn't think it necessarily happens at the top. I think it it, the change occurs more on the bottom. Um, I don't know if you there's an assembly woman out of there's a joke there somewhere that I'm going to avoid. (laughs) There's there's an assembly woman out of uh, Bakersfield, California. Her name's Shannon Grove. She's super anti uh, she was super anti gay rights. She didn't really support us. And uh, Law Cabin Republicans of California just recently got chartered by the California Republican Party last year to be an official volunteer organization. Mm -hmm. And she came out screaming, no, 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 they're going to just advance gay, gay, the gay lifestyle. And you know what? We've turned her around. Um, We've turned her around as a legislator. Um, She now asks us for her support on certain bills. And I know it takes time. It, It takes time. It takes a while. But... That's where the work should be done if we really want to change the minds and hearts of people um, that well, disagree with us. I talk about this statistic all the time. Pew Research just recently, well, not, it's been over a year now, <laughs> but they revealed that 58% of millennial Republicans, 58% are A-OK with gay marriage. Also right now, we are at a point where your baby boomers, there's about 77 million of that generation that are declining because they're all dying off or many of them and at the same moment millennials are overtaking them as a percentage of the population so that is why i talk about the republican party being at its its point of we're watching it die because it is either going to morph into something different where gay marriage and gay rights and the oppression of minorities are looked upon as an actual palpable uh, legitimate issue to talk about just based on the demographics of the party, or it's going to become something different. I, I, I think the, I'm just selling it. No, I no, want no, no, you no. to be into <laughs> social I, issues. I, I've, seen, I've seen it. I've, I've seen that, that millennials are going to... We're already the, the largest generation. Um, but I think the way that the Republican Party is going to go into the future is they're starting to drop that, especially in California. We're not really talking about social issues anymore because um, there's no need to. They're decided. Well, they're dealt with, right. Yeah, they're decided. Well, for the most part. Yeah, for for the most part, I mean, in, in southern states, are they're not decided yet. But I mean, in people, Republicans like in Maryland, the governor uh, Larry Hogan has said, you know, what social issues are decided. I, I really can't change that. Uh, let's just move on to something else. And I think that's where we're headed. Um, talking about economics and jobs, because social issues are pretty much decided for. And I mean, we can talk about it, but at the end of the day, social issues really um, kind of don't matter anymore. Because 
they are a thing of 10, 15 years ago where things were really decided. And um, I feel like the main, if you want to talk about a social issue, now it's probably transgender rights that are coming up. Um, that's that's a huge issue sure. right now. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, so I, I, you have any more questions relative to the social thing or should we move on to, and I don't really have any, I don't have an agenda. In fact, I, this is just the recording and the, the clips that I could play that I'm, Probably not. Going I don't think to. Nestor's intimidated. You don't need to show no, him no, your I'm screen. Just, no, like, no. <laughs> like I don't have an outline here that I'm following. Right. Is what I was saying. Right. Well, something I'm curious about in something the interaction that we filmed, you were talking to um, another man who was wearing a inequality red sweatshirt and he was holding the, the rainbow um, flag. Yes, yeah. and he had a sign that said. Uh, love trumps hate, I think. And he was saying to you, you are a gay person of color and you are a fool. Do you yeah. remember this person? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was pretty contentious, the exchange that was happening there. Yeah. But what do you have to say to that point? Um, him kind of bringing up the issue of being a person of color and kind of bringing the comments that Donald Trump has said about Mexicans into the equation. Well, I, I I got so I guess uh, animated at him because they pretty much have bought into everything that um, the left has said. You know, I told they them, being who, um, I guess liberal supporters that think um, that have to raise the the rainbow flag and say that that Donald Trump is anti LGBT. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they bought into they bought into the, the the whole stereotype that that Donald Trump hates gay people and Hillary Clinton loves them. And, um, you know, what I told him, I'm like, you know what? I don't think you fully understand the fact that um, Hillary Clinton supported the Defense of Marriage Act. She just, mm-hmm. just she supported the yeah. don't ask, don't tell policy. Yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I support gay rights. Mm-hmm. And I and I told him, I'm like, you know what? In 2000, people in New York were already supporting gay marriage in 2004 and 2008. And she was like, nope, I don't. And not until what was it? Three years ago. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three 2013, years ago, that's right. Yeah. She came out. But it's all, it's, to me, it's just all, all a play. She was never an ally. She's not an ally of the community. Um, and I guess to the uh, to the person that would see me as a betrayer mm-hmm. of the the community of color, I would say I am I, not because, like I said before, we're, we're a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Human beings are a spectrum of a whole multitude of identities. And um, we are just a collection of that. And just to paint someone as only black, as only white, puts them in a box. And you already have a stereotype. You already have a... Yeah. Listen, I, I not to interrupt you, but um, I, I guess I will. Uh, <laughs> That's what you're doing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that it, people are painted as only... Because clearly you can't be painted as only oh, no, right. gay or only his- Hispanic. Are you? Yeah. So it's Hispanic and a little bit of Japanese in me. Okay. So, you know, you can't, you can't, that can't be done. And I think that is how the right often demonizes the left that they want a, a segregated, a divided America and they want to box everybody up into their own little group. But no, no one can just be. You know, oh, you're gay. Because there's mul- multiple, <clears throat> there are multiple other categories that you could fall into well and all those things come together to create your identity right Right. so you're not just a hispanic male you know you're these all these different things right so so if i was to to ask like the top three topics and clearly i'm not here to try to change your mind about donald trump i don't think that's gonna happen (laughs) especially now that he is officially the presumptive (laughs) nominee um what are the top three issues that really keep you 
in the Donald Trump camp? Immigration for one. Um, Let's name the three, and then we'll, okay. we'll tackle them each. Immigration, taxes, and um, the lack of accountability in our political system this is broken. Sure, it's really broken. So immigration. Why immigration? What is it about his immigration stance that you really like? Well, he's he's um, he wants to fix our 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 illegal immigration problem. And uh, like I said, I grew up in in the city of Southgate, and you know it was a heavily Hispanic community, and I saw the first end sure. the the problems of illegal immigration, and you know how some people really abuse the system, and some people can just come over here, um, have kids, and then that's you know go back to wherever they came from, and that's also a constitutional issue, though. That right. Is the, that again is the fourteenth, the same amendment that I'm screaming about with equal protection. Right. Also allows you know the, is now considered a pejorative term anchor no, yeah. babies, but it's the same. It's constitutional. Right. But it also should we have a we have a huge problem with with uh, an insecure border, and it's the problem hasn't been fixed for decades. Politicians have talked about it. Um, I really think if Republicans are able to hold Congress and win the presidency, um, we'll get some form of what Donald Trump is saying in regards to immigration, because uh, we'll have all form, we'll have all all branches of government. Uh, what would you say about the statistics and the, the the fact that we are in a negative immigration state right now? More people, more illegal aliens are leaving the country than are coming in. That's a, that's a that's a step probably in the right direction, but I mean we still need to. Uh, so isn't he? What I'm saying is, isn't he addressing a problem just like transgender bathroom issues that doesn't really exist because more people are leaving? It's taking care of itself right now. Well, and the population has remained essentially stable for the past five years. So he he when he talks about it, he makes it sound like it's this urgent matter that so many people are coming, and really the population has remained stable for five years. It, it has remained stable. Um, and they are uh, going back, but there are still um, people coming over regardless. And th- when the southern border isn't secure, anything and anyone can come over. And when we don't have a, a correct vetting process in I, place, I, listen. it's just... Ugh. I agree with you that we do have a problem relative to security at our southern border. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are only because of luck in a situation where it hasn't been exploited by ISIS or some other Al Qaeda affiliated group. Well, you saw what happened in uh, we saw what happened in uh, San Bernardino. I mean. Right, the, but the, they were they were legal. Oh, yeah. But I mean, still the. the and they didn't come just, over the southern border. So that's just one one example of the things that we can get. Yeah, but you're you know? you're changing the subject on me because they didn't come across the southern border. They they came in through the visa system oh, right. on a plane yeah. like a that's, like a regular And that's an, that's another thing that the that needs to just get. No, 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 let's come on now. Don't Donald Trump me. Stick with the southern border. Let's talk about that. Okay. The so, so, I I'm agreeing with yeah. you. We do have a problem and we are lucky that it hasn't been but but to to demonize a group of people like he demonizes Jeb Bush, who says these people just come out of love. They are coming out of love for their families to try to make a better life. It's not for love of our laws. It's for love of their families. And like you said, we're all just human beings. We're all of the same cloth. 
So this is radio, so you can't see Nestor's face, but I'll just explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what your what your take on his when, face was. Man, when Jeb Bush said that, I was just like, oh my god. Why? Why? Because he, it, he he he's in so many words saying what you just said <sighs> just a few minutes ago. Because he says that. I I feel like he said that because I mean the way his experience has been. Um, well, I mean, aren't we all slaves to our experience? And no, of course. But I mean, he was he came at it in a pretty biased way because I mean his what did Donald Trump say that his wife is um isn't she like Mexican? She's Mexican, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Columba Bush. So I, I feel like he to be honest with you, I I never liked the Bushes, and for him to just say that it was just another way of him uh, trying to get the party to rally behind him. And I feel like he, he was just saying that for votes. I feel like he really didn't mean that. Um, and hmm. th- these are the same politicians, like Carly Farina said, that have been saying that Ill- illegal immigration is a problem and they haven't sure. fixed it. Okay. Well, now that I've changed your mind on immigration, let's let's move on <laughs> uh, to taxation. Okay. And I don't know, I don't have any figures in front of me, but I believe that we th- the numbers are something like it's going to be an over $50 billion deficit going off of Trump's tax plan. And I think it's a $19 trillion debt right now that we're in. That is, for right? sure it is. Yeah, $19 um, trillion. It'll probably be $20 trillion by the time the next president takes office. Um, probably $21. I, um, so D- Donald Trump's tax, tax plan is he wants to raise, I believe, taxes on, the, on people like himself, um, which is something I'm not completely opposed to. That's why I kind of agree with it, because he does want to cut taxes for everybody else. And, you know, you mentioned the $20 billion, um deficit. That that can be fixed with a combination of tax cuts and spending cuts. Um, but, I mean, obviously, the, the deficit will be really high if we're not getting any spending um, cuts down. But I, I agree with his plan, because even he said that... I'll raise taxes on people like myself. Mm-hmm. And that's something I don't disagree with. I mean, it's it's fine with me as long as it doesn't affect... Um, how, how about the fact that it, that's antithetical to the Republican position? That's antithetical to to decades-long Republican policy platform positions. So there's a, um, there's a measure, I think, in Long Beach where they want to raise the sales tax 1% or something like that. Um, I'm obviously... Uh, opposed to it but this is where i kind of disagree with the party because i feel like so many conservatives are very anti-government they're like we don't need government there was a guy at the at the republican convention this past weekend saying we have to abolish the irs and i'm just like for god's sake like who's gonna collect the 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 money and fund the government so i don't necessarily think um raising taxes is bad if it's for um a specific purpose sure right well, and, there, there are constitutional requirements. The government has to d- d- serve certain roles, and we need money for that. Right. So, I mean, we have to get the money from somewhere. I, I, I would rather tax my income than tax what I purchase, to be honest with you, because I feel like um, sales tax is just a tax on consumption that, you know, they're trying to tell us, well, why even spend any money? And that's not, that, listen, that's not going anywhere unless we abolish the 16th Amendment of the Constitution. Which authorized income tax. Yeah, unfortunately. Right. Well, now that I've changed your mind on taxation. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> um, the, the political accountability. And then we're going to move on to a couple of my pet issues and then we'll be done because I don't want to go too long. So what do you mean by that? Political accountability. So what I mean by that is that there are 
um, dozens, maybe even hundreds of politicians in our um, in our political system right now that have been in in office for decades. Um, they've been in office longer than I've been alive, mm-hmm. and you know that's a problem. It's a problem when these people aren't accountable to anyone because. But aren't they accountable? Aren't they elected officials? They're elected, quote unquote, but not really because most of the time they either run unopposed or well, the, that's not they. They're still elected. They have to be chosen by the people in our democratic representative democracy. But I feel like our system is, I mean, yes, the voters do vote. But, um, I mean, super PACs have a tremendous amount of money. Yeah. A tremendous amount of power. Too much. And, you know, I think the last election, I think it was like $2 billion or something was spent. Something outrageous. Regardless that people want to say voters vote and, you know, they decide who's who's in office or not. But in reality, all the mail they get, all the all the ads, all the uh, phone calls, um, it's just a way for politicians to maintain their grip and grip on power. So you are you're a term limits proponent. Yes. See, and I am not because I believe we do have term limits. For Congress, it's every two years, every six years for the Senate. Mm -hmm. And by taking away my right to choose an individual, you're only restricting me. You're not restricting the politicians. You're controlling my ability to make a choice as a free-thinking American. But I think what we're also doing is allowing for uh, fresh ideas and people like yourself. People like in, in, in your demographic to represent you even better. Because which which demographic is that? Uh, <laughs> I'm teasing. <that. laughs> um, you <know>. White asshole. <laughs> no. Ginger. Someone, someone younger than than uh, Nancy Pelosi, for God's sake. Um, she, you know, she's been in power for like I want to say like 20, 30 years, probably in there. And um, but you're only going to put pick at the good ones, the bad ones who have been in power forever. How about the good ones who have been in power for a long time? Oof, that's tough to let me see who's been in power forever, and it's pretty good. I can't really. I mean, there's probably some out there, but I I feel like we need a a a new stream of fresh blood, of fresh ideas, because we this is why America is where it is because we're having a constant generational struggle with. Um, 70, 80 year olds deciding what is best for 20, 30 and 40 year olds. When in reality, they, they're never out with the common American. Well, but you're talking about elected officials at 70 right. and 80 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. But they're chosen by the general electorate. And they are, that is, listen, money is money, but yeah. money doesn't vote. Money doesn't Only vote. Only human beings go to the so polls and vote. I, I would say money doesn't vote directly. I would say it votes indirectly. Because it does uh, influence people's uh, thinking and how they vote. Yeah, you know there there I would was agree a with that. there was a senator I think in 2014, John Thune I think out of North Dakota, North, that's or, right. North or South Dakota. He ran unopposed. Don't get me wrong, he's a member of my party. Yeah, but but that's not that North Dakota. One, there's only like seven people there. <laughs> Two, it is it is wildly Republican, no, so I it's know. very difficult to find. I'm from Idaho. Yeah. Also, super super red state. Mm-hmm. Ted Cruz. They yeah. went Ted Cruz. Yeah. Overwhelmingly Ted Cruz. As you roll your eyes, he, <laughs> you had just the shitty like "fuck them" look. That was. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I, I did not like Ted Cruz. Well, not someone, you think. someone's gonna have Either to. Someone's gonna have to hold Donald Trump accountable because today he was talking about being in office for sixteen years. Have so. you heard this? This I, I just happened. That. He was. He was in an interview, <laughs> and uh, oh well. Hang on. I'll just play the part where he says. 
the thing about the 16 years. What he's talking about is party inclusion and wanting he doesn't need the certain people who were super nasty to him, which is fucking uh, the irony of that statement. And then he says this. I don't think it's imperative that the entire party come together. I don't want everybody. I don't even want certain people that were extraordinarily nasty. Let them go their own way. Let them wait eight years or let them wait 16 years or whatever. Does he not know how long a presidential term is? This is your guy, Nestor. Come on. I, you know what? I, even speaking extemporaneously, you know that a term is four years. Right. And that the 22nd Amendment of the Constitution right. limits you to mm-hmm. two terms. What are his plans? Four years. Is he going to FDR us? What's going to happen? Yeah, what is he? Uh, Mar- <laughs> Marcos? He'll probably, he'll probably end Ferdinand up, Marcos from the what? Philippines? Yeah, he'll That's pro- before your time. He'll probably end up <laughs> running for... He'll probably end up running for like three or four terms. Um, you know what? I, I feel like there's so many in the Republican Party that won't vote for uh, Donald Trump because he wasn't... Uh, conservative he's not conservative enough or he's a um, betrayer or he's a phony etc etc but there if if i give them this example i'm like if ted cruz was the nominee i as a gay moderate republican i would still vote for him regardless i don't i don't agree with him on 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 a lot of issues i would think he he would not be a good president because not just for the gay issue part but because he was a first-term senator um at the end of the day they're still republican and I feel like that's what matters the most. And I mean, for people to say, well, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump just because I'm re- he's not a, uh, a conservative um, is saying, oh, you know what? I guess Hillary Clinton's all right. And that's that's the decision they want to make. And I, I respect that. But regardless of what happens in November, um, I think it's important for people to reflect on those positions because the alternative is much worse, in my opinion. I, I do see that. I that that as far as I'm concerned would be probably the most relatable thing you've said. The thing that I could relate to is that the alternative is worse. Although I don't, I have the opposite opinion. Yeah. If if it's between Hillary and and Trump, I, I will be voting for Hillary. Really? Yes. But, wow. but and then let's do this and wow. and then we'll let you go because I don't want to have you here all night. Um. What about all of the outrageous insanity bullshit that has come out of his mouth? <laughs> Over the course of the last eight, nine months. So let's, what's one? I think there was one that uh, Megyn Kelly said in the debate saying that he's only called Rosie O'Donnell like fat or something. Yeah. Uh, or does she have a fat ass? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? That, that, that's just that's just funny to me. It's not a good thing to say. But I mean, he's he's already trying to uh, make amends with Megyn Kelly. I believe he has an interview with her probably next week or the week after. Right. After uh, talking about her vaginal blood. <laughs> yes. You know that. I, I, what about all the outrageous things? Though? How do you react to that? I, to be honest with you, I kind of throw all that stuff out the window, tell people, you know what? Sometimes we all say crazy things. Yeah, it, it, it shouldn't have come out that way. Back when I was supporting Chris Christie, I'm like, you know what? You shouldn't be saying that because that's not that's not the way you talk to people. But um, at the end of the day, that's who he is. Yeah, do we want... But Awesome, yeah, you're right. That yeah. is who he is. Do we want that representing the United States. Listen, I say this on the show and I scream yeah. and I yell and I'm, I could feel my fucking face getting red. <laughs> it's uh, always red. Yeah, it's a little red kind of all the time. Um, he wants to be, he wants to, he's running for the job of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Well, listen, he needs to say, 
other things than... If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. <laughs> Somebody's doing the raping, Don. <laughs> I mean, goddamn, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like something that Penn Jillette said. You know Penn Jillette? No. He's an atheist. He's Penn and Teller, you know, the magician duo in Las Vegas. Anyway, it's not important. So he says, <laughs> uh, he says, I want a president that is kinder, smarter, and more measured than me. And I really like that statement because... You know, thinking into the future, what is the State of the Union address going to be like with Donald Trump? Uh, I mean, be, that is a terrifying idea to I, me. I probably think I was I was just discussing that in class today. I was like, you know, they'll probably just get rid of those. Um, uh, seems like it. But, you know, a I, tradition I, we've had since Woodrow Wilson. He's just going to throw it. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know that that's the case, but I mean, I probably think so. I imagine the VH1 cameras coming into the White House. Yeah. Well, why would he? Why when he would, moves in? And why he'll would he have want Courtney? He'll probably have Courtney Kim and Chloe in the why, front row. Why would he want to get rid of them? I have a very good brain, and I've said a lot of things. <laughs> he could continue to say all kinds of good words. But, I'll be honest with you, as a, as a, um, a an average citizen taking away my my partisanship, I feel like we've created this this image and this um, feeling of how the president should be. And it's all glamorous and gracious. And let's not talk about, let's not talk about, uh, about the president in a negative way. Um, and they always feel like they're up here, up here, the president. And we're always down here. Like we're the uh, commoners. I don't, in, I don't look way. at it that way. Yeah. And I feel like presidents really don't really know who we are. They, they don't know the experience of the average person. Yes, Donald Trump is a, million, a billionaire. Yes, um, he lives in New York City. And yes, he has a, a ton of property. But I feel like a lot of people relate to him. But does he relate to us? What you just said isn't us relating to the president. It's whether the president relates to us. That's what you just talked about. Yeah. You think he relates to the everyday man I, I feel like in his gold-encrusted apartment <laughs> overlooking Central Park? <laughs> so... Obviously not in the economic sense. I feel just the way he talks, the way he... he you mean like a sixth grader? I think, that, I mean... <laughs> now I'm just being a dick. That's, that's another discussion because, I mean, I think there's a statistic that um, only, what is it, 30 or 40% of Americans have a bachelor's degree or something? Yeah, um, it's not. It's so not it's very as many low. as it should so, be. So, I mean, yeah. he's probably kind of preaching to the choir um, in that in that regard, and... I feel like people can relate to him, can actually sit down and probably talk to him and have a, a beer maybe or or dinner or something. And I feel like you can't do that with a person like Hillary Clinton because there was a an event a couple months ago where she had the media, um, she created a rope line so nobody would come and ask questions. Sure, I mean, of course. Th- That's I, par for the course for the Clinton machine. Yeah, she so, wants so, everyone so, away. So I look at both candidates and I'm like, you know what? I um, I relate more... To Donald Trump, and he is kind of an expression of who I am as a person, because I take away his positions, but I'm actually kind of um, similar to Donald Trump in some ways, uh, in regards to just he tells it like it is, and that's just the way it is. No, I I, I want to correct you there. He tells it like he says it is, not how it is. Okay, I, I think he's fucking wrong all the time. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, should I just... Somebody's doing the rape. But, but, should I just keep playing these? The com- I fucking the have a million of them. The comparison of Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, I mean, you said she was like, you know, roping off this line, was like Donald Trump crowd surfing at the rally. I mean, he's not accessible to well, he's people not, he's at these events, not, you know? He's also not retail politicking. He's doing rallies. rallies. Well, yeah, he can't... He's doing rallies because there's just so much... Uh, Everyone uh, else in the support. race, except for him and Bernie... Are doing shaking hands, yeah. kissing babies, yeah. doing what you do 
when you run for president. He doesn't even Mingling. stand up at the town halls. Yeah, he doesn't stand up he at the town He sits down halls. and he turns around to look at people behind him. He just does a bending exercise. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's probably how the, the, the debate will be between them. I'll probably be sitting down. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I am completely shocked that we're at this point that me too brother <laughs> me too we're with two 69 year olds practically it's crazy how donald trump is also 69 but he looks so youthful and full of energy in my opinion um he's got makeup you're joking right <laughs> shellacked onto his face Nestor, Come on, you're dude. Joking. and he has a tad he's the same color as you uh, <laughs> and he's whiter than me <laughs> but i feel like he has he just brings a, he's a breath of fresh air and he's a breath of something and you know what our our, our political system needs that um, because it, DC is broken. We all know that. Yeah. And, um, politicians like Hillary Clinton are not going to fix it. It's like asking, um, my HIV being fixed by other strains of HIV. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah. You have to bring in medication or you have to bring an outside source. And uh, I feel like Donald Trump is, is I the outsider that. we need. So you don't think you just don't, um, qualify some, all this crazy shit that he said as as dangerous as I do. No, because those words that he said have um no impact unless let's say my life or friends of friends of mine et cetera et cetera those are just words i mean yeah but that's all we have to go on is his words i i feel like a man is only I, as good as his words i judge him more on the fact that he has um published books that are yeah they're words et cetera et cetera and he's taking pictures and videos and, six, and things like that. Um, I feel like his actions are a little bit different sometimes in his words, and that's fine with me. Hmm. Um, like I, I, like I said, that Instagram video was a, a bit shocking to me. Um, I didn't know that, and I feel like at the end of the day, anyone that just can be honest with me, regardless of how they say it, and I may disagree with them. I, I've, I spoke with someone this weekend, um, saying she, she believes homosexuality is a sin, but I loved her. She was a great person, and I I thought she she um she was a very admirable and honest person, and I lo- I love that I love honesty, um and regardless of what they say, I feel like that's what we need. We need someone that's sure. honest and says whatever's on their mind and um is not constructed or bought by politicians, because by donors, excuse me, because they are the they are the problem. They're not they're not the solution. And Donald Trump has just um grabbed a hold of. I guess the fears of people and told them what he thinks is the best solution. Something you've said twice, I think is that it, it doesn't pertain to anyone outside of you and your friends or you, it doesn't affect people outside of you and your friends. So you don't really care Mm -hmm. about that. It's kind of interesting. I, I mean, I know that's kind of, that kind of sounds selfish and, um, bad or quote unquote negative. Um, but I feel like I I tell my friends, I tell my family, I tell them that, you know, people can say whatever they want to say. At the end of the day, I feel like the Republican Party stands for the individual. And regardless of what Donald Trump says, regardless of what Hillary says, we're the party that believes that the government um, shouldn't run our lives and they don't make the best decisions for us. And we do. Regardless that Donald Trump may or may not um, represent that, I'm still going to be a Republican regardless because the that's who I'm loyal to. 
I mean, sure. I'm a partisan. I'm a partisan. Um, this commercial for the Republican Party has been brought to you by but, Nestor. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. I, I just I can't. I can't vote for the other side because I. She's been part of the problem for decades, and I believe that too. You know, people have judged Donald Trump. Um, for what he has said, but we forgetting the fact that he was a businessman before he even became into politics. And regardless of what he said, um, before he, he got into the presidential race, I hold him to a different standard because he wasn't a politician. I would do the same thing with Hillary if she was, uh, but he's uh, a human being. I understand that, but, and he wasn't being decent to his fellow human beings, but I'd like to take some money out of her fat ass pockets. <laughs> that guy, that's a fucking prick. If he I said know. that, if he said that to, to to me about a member, a female member of my family, no. I would take him his head off at the shoulders. <laughs> that, the, he that, that right there not qualified to be my president. But that's obscene. I I I get where you're coming from. I understand it. You know, I, I have um like I said, I had three I have three sisters, and um they're all pretty feisty sometimes, <laughs> and um. I feel like the standard we're holding him up to is a standard that we all grew up on and we all feel like the presidency should be something that they shouldn't say, they shouldn't do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when someone does it, doesn't do what the president um, is supposed to do, everyone freaks out. Um, you just don't, I don't think, you don't think I don't the think, president should be held to that standard. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think, huh. I think when we set standards for ev- anything, for any relationship we're in, it's just doomed to fail. Right. Because we're setting people up for a standard that they can't meet or they won't meet. And so I don't... why the president should be better than us. (sighs) He should be better than us. Or she should be better than your common man. I feel... And not appeal to the worst in us. And not attack reporters and talk about their vaginal blood. And he... he, I mean, he also said at the rally on, on Thursday... Saying that, look at the media, they all lie, and everyone was just laughing and living it up. And I'm like, oh, all right. I'm like, you know what, <laughs> oh, sure. All right. Well, now that we've changed your mind <laughs> on Trump, um, is there is there anything else that we should, to wrap it up? Because we're, we're, we're about an hour now. And well, I look wanna... at how successful this conversation was. Well, I think it's it's a testament <laughs> to, it's evidence to, you can have, you're, you're listen, you're a genuine, honest, loving Really, you have good intentions in your heart about America and everything else. You're you're not some frothing at the mouth, hateful prick. You're just, in, you know, I'll just say it, you're you're just fucking wrong about Donald Trump. And that's, but that's okay. That's that's. Listen, there's always got to be somebody who's wrong, especially in a presidential year. Yeah. You're just backing the guy who's not going to win the, the the race. So. Um, I think we're. In, I, <laughs> I, I think I think we're in for a lot of surprises in the next oh, six months. You, I think that we're is in a an understatement. Did you see the ad that Hillary Clinton just released no. a couple hours ago? No. Oh, it's pretty good. You'll I have mean, to tune in to episode 214. <laughs> <laughs> she comes out saying she's ready for Donald Trump, and I'm like, hey, we'll see. We'll see. No, I, I didn't even think he was going to win. So, I mean, all I have to say is that we all have to get ready for this wild roller coaster. Because yeah, we do. It's going to be a. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Yeah, no As problem. always, anytime you well, I I might hold you to that because I suspect there's going to be a litany of response, <laughs> maybe some call in some questions That's that we fine. can play. That's so fine. maybe we'll have you back in. You do live local here. So if you have a specific question for Nestor, do not hesitate to call 
Leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail, 657-464-7609. That, of course, is always our number. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. He's easy to get a hold of. We can get him right back in here in studio to talk about your questions, your queries, your your queries. concerns for his health. Oh, yeah, queries. Funny. <laughs> Uh, we, 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 we'd love to have you back in. Anytime, so, anytime, guys. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Let us know what you think. For Brittany Page and Nestor, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Jesse, uh. stop wearing those red pants. <laughs> <laughs>